Whatever it means to you, aka the Wim T podcast, episode number sixty, in the new boat studio. Still, is this feeling like home yet? I think it does. I think we're making it nice and homey. We just put yeah. some lights up. We we gotta get uh, some wiring done, but I, I like it. Yeah, I bought a trash can. We got a trash yeah. can. Yeah, and uh, um, right right when we were doing this podcast, we had our first package delivered to us as well. So a special shout out. To our guest from uh, two episodes ago, uh, Miss Kimberly sent us some Sharpies, a 12-pack of Sharpies. And they aren't just regular Sharpies. They're uh, fine tip and regular tip. They're double-sided Sharpies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until uh, closer inspection. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Um, Shane and I just went to go get lunch. Mm. Right after we finished our podcast, and we went, our first stop was going to be at a local, uh, a local barbecue spot. You want to call them out? We'll call them out. Yeah, I'm not going to call it the name, but it's a local barbecue spot, pretty close to where the new studio is. And we pulled up, and we get out, and Shane's like, "Shit, I don't have cash. It's a cash only place." I was like, "I don't have cash either." And then right in front of where you ordered, there was like a some sign like putting down. Uh, Cortez or whatever you uh, AOC ACO whatever, but it was a whiteboard, so that means that they, I would assume daily or weekly, erase that fucker and put yeah. other bullshit on there. Yeah, it was a whiteboard. Yeah, so so I saw that, which is fine. Like like to be honest, she said some dumb shit, but but what I don't like, what I don't get is like the right's obsession with her. Like she's a congressman from or woman, congresswoman yeah. from where? New York. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, but oh, what yeah, does that what matter? Yeah. What does that matter for here? They're afraid of her, man. Yeah. It's just this uh this obsession about it is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And like if that's all you like if that's what you're obsessing about is a and you're in Florida and a woman congressman in New York is like what you're writing on your whiteboard when the fucking president is saying ridiculous shit every day. <laughs> we have some real problems, you know. Uh, they had, they it just was had, weird. They had, they had fucked and up signs. Yeah, they too, had signs right? that were like, "We'll shoot you and shit." Yeah, it was like, "If you don't have your ID, <laughs> we'll shoot you." And, it was and they're like, cash only. And there was like a fair tax thing too. And then there was a sign that said like, "We're all concealed carriers" or some shit. And I was like, "Well, why would you put that on, on yeah. the fucking sign?" Like, yeah. <laughs> so we left. Yeah, we left. It was stupid. But, no, but mainly because we didn't have cash. There was no way for us to that pay was them really anyway. Was. Yeah, we're like, I was like, man, I think I got like 25 bucks. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know what their books look like. Dude, it, yeah. If, you're, if you have all this like fair tax stuff all over the place and everything and you're a cash only spot, yeah. chances are your books might not. I don't know. Yeah, no shit. I don't know. Maybe if, if there's any tax professionals on here. Or uh, or IRS listeners, um, give us a shout, and we'll give you a we'll give you the honey hole. <laughs> we'll give you a nice tip. Yeah, we'll give you a place <laughs> to go get some. But uh, also want to thank everyone for rating the podcast. Uh, let's see, the last one was a guy named Ragin Ryan. Ragin Ryan says, "I love how this podcast showcases what makes this area so amazing. The people, keep it up, guys. Thank you, Ragin Ryan." Uh, if you know anything about Shane and I, we've been known, not as much these days, but in the past we've been known to rage quite a bit ourselves. So uh, hit us up, we'll Ryan. Go, we'll go rage. We'll rage with you. What else, Shane? Uh, was that was that the last one? Just rage and Ryan? Yeah. Well, th- we got a bunch of reviews, but only the ones that left comments. Oh, gotcha. that. sweet. So, awesome. 
Uh, we we if you can do us a favor, go rate it, go rate the podcast. Um, even if you don't like it, you can write that on there. We'll still see it. We'll still read it. We'll probably laugh at you. Um, but it'll be fun. What else? I think that's it. Cool. I think I think we should get into this. Let's do it. This little this this, this discussion that we had with our friend Dan Collins and Zach. <laughs> We are at the Boat Studios, whatever it means to you, podcast episode number 60. Two guests today, um, a veteran of sorts. Legend. Yeah, Dan Collins. What's up, Dan? What's up? Then we got, we got my boy Zach Lewis in here as well. How's it going, guys? Drummer extraordinaire, right? Working on it. Something like that. Working on it. You've been doing it a while, right? Yeah, man. I've been playing 30 years and 20 of it professionally. Yeah. So... Still take lessons, still to this day. Yeah, yeah, give them too, right? Yeah, I give them. I've got got a few kids I teach up at uh, Upbeat and Crestview. So now they're opening the store in Fort Walton. So who knows? I may be going back and forth teaching. I didn't but, know they were opening up a store. In- yeah, just I think in the last week it's, they've kind of made it public. Mm-hmm. So about time. Well, cool. Well, welcome. Uh, stoked to have you guys on, Dan. What do you think of? Uh, what do you think of this place versus the old place? Man, now? it's it's sweet, you know. I'm, I'm digging all the acoustic foam. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really important. <laughs> Actually, it was man. We were getting quite a bit of buzz from the uh, server room over there. What really cut it down the most though was putting up my old uh, window panels in the corners here because you put your face in the corner when that buzz was going on. <laughs> it sounded like you were in a different kind of room. Shane, we didn't put our special light on, man, so people know not to disturb oh. us. Yeah, we're not live yet. I know. Is this, is this <laughs> you haven't started. <laughs> is this the one that I got the text that you need, you were on the ladder for? Yeah, I was just on the ladder putting up these lights, uh, our, our garden lights um, from the old spot. But now it's official. Now we're officially on air. Oh, there you go. I feel special. We're, we're illuminated. So. Fancy. Yeah. But anyway. Quite, quite um, the upgrade, man. I miss walking <laughs> up the stairs and going past the beer kegs and everything <laughs> to get into the place. Uh, we got to get some sriracha in this place. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you, you know, I think that was almost part of, like, why we us getting in here. Because right. I think Corey was like, man, they're trying so hard. <laughs> 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 almost like a bless their heart kind of thing. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that room had a vibe. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was cool. But, uh, but anyway, definitely excited to be here. Um, so, so we'll get started. Zach, you originally hit me up, and we're talking about uh, wanted to have a discussion, which uh, which I found intriguing. Just I guess the general state of the music industry, um, lack of, and yeah, and that can go in a, a bunch of different directions. And then uh, we started talking about potential uh, potential guests to have on here, in addition to you and. Uh, Mr. Collins' name came up. Yeah, and I was, I was like, yeah. On the fact, we got two gingers at the same time, and <laughs> trying to keep it from combusting. But I was like, you know what? He's a mainstay mm. here. AJ's black-eyed blonde, you know. And I was like, okay, so you got someone like me that's more from the performance side and going into the venues and playing. What? How would it be to have you with you know namesake and management and promoting and booking? And then have Dan from the venue side of it. 
yeah. kind of what, well, they, what he sees from radio. radio. Yeah, yeah. I just mean, somebody that can it. look at yeah. it from everything and just did you just not call just me a whore? <laughs> well rounded. Okay. Well, <laughs> well rounded. It also prevents me from coming in and look like a you know disgruntled, pissed off musician. So it's like cool. Maybe I can get a little validation. Before we start, though, we really got. I know it's like you know, so late January, February. You know, they announced you know Ja Rule's doing the Firefest two. So I really want to go on and tell Mike from the Good Lookings, good job on getting that book to make it public. So, you know. <laughs> is he really doing a part two? Is that, yeah. No, that's no, not true. No, he's really wanting to do another festival want, destination. So Mike and the Good Lookings are going to do great down there. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you it's successful. You think? Yes. It's well talked about. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I've got my orange yeah. square saved to post so I can I mean, it. look at our current president. That oh, was shit. a disaster, and and then all of a sudden, Dude. like, he won. Hey. So I, I could see that happening with the Fire Festival. Everybody knows what Fire Fest is. So who doesn't want to go there or do they and see go if it's going to be a dumpster a fire wreck. the next yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. And what if they go and they have an amazing time? You have a a forever festival. Right. You go into go. it with such low expectations, mm-hmm. though. Anything's going to... Yeah, or so what, this, or, this whole thing was a marketing trick. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. This is how we'll promote it. It was you're right, brilliant. right? We'll lose, we'll lose ten mil up front. Yeah, and then make a hundred mil and on the back end. Every band that you ever thought was cool is gonna be there. They yeah. don't know it yet, but they're gonna be there. So, yeah. <laughs> have you seen? Have you both seen the documentary? Oh yeah. Both I of them. I haven't watched it actually. I've dude, read about it. I knew about it, but dude, I haven't watched it. You've got to watch it. <laughs> Man, it's so big. One. There's two documentaries, <laughs> yeah. right? The Netflix yeah. one's the one that I've seen. I haven't watched the one on Amazon, but man, I just sat there like they have such clear consciences about <laughs> screwing everybody over, mm-hmm. and everybody's just bought in. Well. The part when I was like, okay, enough, was <laughs> when that guy was like, I was going in that room ready to suck that guy's dick <laughs> to, like, to, to get, like, bottles of water into yeah. the festival. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was getting, like, held up at customs or something. Yeah, they are withholding, like... High-quality age. Yeah, <laughs> like a couple a couple tons of water, and, like, they had to call in a favor to their gay friend to get him, to, like, to blow the head of security for the Bahamas. Or, have you seen it, Shane? Oh, God. Yeah. It's like every one of these documentaries they have has one of those hooks like that that everybody remembers and posts about. Yeah, the meme. He's that <laughs> yes. meme now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the other one with the, the, did you see that one where the dad had to jerk off the guy because he felt bad for him? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> what? He's like, I just felt bad for him. He's having a tough time. It was like one of those, I can't remember the name of it. Everybody's been watching it about... They, they abducted the, oh, the guy, the neighbor, took the daughter. I've heard about that one. I've not seen it, though. Don't watch it. it abducted just, in plain sight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so is, what, he, he jerked I, off a dude because he felt bad for him? I mean, I don't mean to ruin it for anyone. <laughs> but Taking he's the it dad. out of my queue now. <laughs> this is a documentary. We're, we're definitely taking it right to But he has a documentary. <laughs> already going there. No, I, I seriously had to Google it to verify this was, like, real and not a fake story because the whole thing, the guy's like, well, he just pulled up, and I just was like, okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I I, I, looked, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, this is, I got to go. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> now you looked at your wife, and you were like, I need help. <laughs> After you watched the whole thing and then Googled it. <laughs> yeah. I finished it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my my wife uh, was telling me all about that one. Something about how like I don't know, and they're like a kid that it's, messed around with some kid, and like he banged both people in the co- like a couple or dude, something. Dude, it's and the most ridiculous thing you've ever. You seen. think it's real? I, 
the the girl wrote a book and it was a whole thing, but it's it's almost it's hard to believe this one. It's really hard to believe. Yeah, could just uh, be good. I'll TV. just keep watching Narcos on repeat. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I've not watched the newest one, man. The but. the Mexican. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, it's about to get real. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. There's so much stuff. There's we talk about this all the time. There's so much content now oh, that it's yeah. really just. There's several things that I'm halfway through. But there's, do you find yourself you hit a point and then you just look at it and like. There's nothing but bullshit on here. Like, I have no interest in watching Bollywood or the fucking Trump documentary that keeps popping mm-hmm. up as I might yeah. like. You know? <laughs> that's like, why I've like on. that's why I'm on number ten of the office, like of times that I've gone yeah. all the way through the yeah. office. Cause a lot of times I'll search for forty five minutes before I find something I want to watch right. and then it's time to go. Yeah. You, you feel excited when you get that notification like there's a new season that just popped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys get like that? Like, so you want to plan the day, yeah, you know? on what it is. I, actually, I already know what I'm doing when the dirt comes out in a I shed weeks. a tear because I go, I'll never get to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> be fun. But. Well, and, and that's the same way I am, especially. Like, that's why, that's why I've become such a fan. I've always been a fan of The Office, but over the last three years, I have. Because, like, watching TV during the day is just, it's not a, it's non-existent. Right. Um, unless something got canceled, you know? Um, so it's really just at night when I'm going to sleep, just put something on mind numbing so I can fall asleep pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Can't tell you how many times I've woke up to, you know, starting on season one, I'm like season two in now. Like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, shit. They died? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, man, so um, bring, bringing it back to, to the original topic, man, I, I'll let you start off, man. I'm, it, you know, it's kind of your idea, so uh, if you'd like to start rant. <laughs> and uh, and we'll hop hop on board. Man, it's just the frustration overall. And you know, being a single dad, having Ava, she's kind of gives me a little bit of a pulse on what's cool or what's coming out now. And is some of the stuff that she downloads shows up on my phone because she's on my Apple Music account. And it's just like I'll go in through and listen to it, and it's just like, what's up with the mumble rap stuff? What's mm-hmm. up with the singer songwriters that all sound the same? This is rock and roll. Like, there's, like, nothing. It's just completely become homogenized. And just getting frustrated with that and then turning around and you're seeing shows and you're like, why is this band charging 150 bucks? You know, and they're playing these small venues that they can't even pack out. And the whole buy to, you know, pay to play thing, it's just a, a laundry list you could go on and on. Yeah. And it's like I find myself having to, like, you know, filter it back because I don't want to piss this person off or you know, knowing people in this industry, if I say this, then they're going to be like, well, blah, 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 you know, and give you 20 points as to why it's okay. And it's just, you know, man, it's just an overall frustration seeing it from every side, seeing it from the labels or lack of now to the streaming music. I got my last Spotify check a couple weeks ago. It's like 28 cents. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bill. Yeah, we, we, we'd, we'd have it set up with Continuum to where we wouldn't let them cut us a check unless it was over 50 bucks. Like, yeah. you can set your... Yeah. Because they still take... I think they take 50 cents to send you the check or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you guys <laughs> paid money to send me this check. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and even still in the streaming, and I think my largest check was like 12 bucks. Mm. And you look at it and you start doing the math on the, you know, how many times this song get played, and you're like, damn it. Yeah. You know, it's just... Horrible. Well, let's start out with the first thing you said, man. Just the general, just the music that's coming out in general. Because I mean, I, I I think that's kind of like a standard old man gripe, anyway. Yeah, I don't, you, you know? don't want to sound like get off my lawn. Yeah, guy. like 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 the like people who grew up listening to 
the Beatles and the Stones and Led Zeppelin, you know, when they saw Smashing Pumpkins and Rage Against the Machine, they were probably like, what is this bullshit, right? They're, they're still oh, yeah. pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the thing that's very frustrating for me is how you're seeing a trend start, and now the labels, powers be whoever, all of a sudden there's five of those. Next thing you know, there's ten, and so on and so forth. And it's like each clone is worse than the other one. There's mm. just a complete lack of originality all across the board. Mm. You know, I can't tell you one little pump from one little this to whatever. They all, it just sounds the same mm. to me. And just the lack of individuality, you know, I mean, going back to sounding like the old guy, you know, when you put on like a pop station, you would hear like a Tears for Fears song and you knew who that was. Or you would hear a Madonna song, you knew who that was. And then you go over to a country station, you heard a Waylon song, you knew who that was. You guys have seen the video on YouTube where they mash up like, six or seven of the bro country songs. All the modern country. And it all sounds like one song down to the lyrics. And it's just, it's sad. Like there's no individuality or artists are scared to because they want to get seen and Mm. signed. So it's just across the board. Everybody's really to blame on it, you know, and just how easy it is to put bullshit out. Mm. You know, anybody with a, a phone. My phone came with GarageBand yeah, standard I mean, we, on it. We know how easy it is to put bullshit out. We do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, back then, you know, one thing about it was the good stuff really was what got filtered out. And then it hit a point where it was like, okay, it first come along, it still was not easy to, you still had to go to a recording studio. You still had to do these things to put something out. So that prevented a lot of people that, well, I got a phone, let me just hit record, and then mm. next thing you know, my new album's coming out. You recorded it on a phone mm. in your mom's basement. Like, yeah. You didn't put any work into it. I, I, but I kind of take a different take on that. I think that's kind of cool that people have that ability. Now. Oh, I completely um, agree As far with as, that. like, embracing the technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like, when... The filter's gone, though. Yeah. That, that's true. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, though. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, growing up, I was... Um, you know, I, I, my parents were kind of strict on what I was allowed to listen to at first, but they also had a pretty decent record collection. So right. when like when they would work during the summer, we weren't allowed to be like outside messing around and shit while they were at work. So we'd have to stay inside and we would just go through their records. Right. Um, so that's where a lot of like my music education came from. And then also I grew up in the church too. So there was, you know, certain albums that were okay to listen to. Yeah, I hid and, Appetite you know. for a while. <laughs> that's why uh, that's where his love for Striper came from. That's right. <laughs> that's <and> right. <laughs> yeah. Um but but even then when I started to, you know, kind of have the freedom to listen to whatever I wanted to around, you know, 13, 14 years old, it was all punk rock, like a, a lot of hip hop and punk rock. Right. You know, so it wasn't a lot of mainstream stuff anyway. So that felt like that was never really there for me anyway, because I was seeking out. So how did you go anything about finding aside it, from mainstream? How'd you go about finding it? Oh, geez. Mailers, shows, bands opening up for other bands. Well, so you know, you had your cliques of kids that were scene kids. Right. You Before know, I was a scene kid. Yeah. And and also, like, um, uh, for example, like one of the bands that I liked was a band called MXPX. And they were on a record label called Tooth and Nail Records. Yep. So I would get Tooth and Nail Records mailer and I would check out all the bands that were on their label. I love this band. I love this band. Not so much this band, this band. So that by then I had 15 new bands to listen to just based on label. 
you know, like it was cool to be part of that label. Right, you know? right. But even still, the process that they had to go to from a band's perspective to even get onto that label. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's gone. Mm. That's that's what I'm talking about. The talent level is at an all-time low to where, like I said, you know, anybody, I can decide this afternoon that I'm going to make a new hip-hop mumble rap record, and in 20 minutes, yeah, boom, done, record's done. And it's just, who am I? Like, I have nothing to pull from for that. Yeah. Well, my biggest gripe was, like, on the, uh, uh, was it the Grammys when uh, Nicki Minaj performed? Oh, and she had to lip sync her rap. Yeah, not Nicki Minaj, uh, Cardi B. Cardi yeah, B. same fucking thing. Same thing. Um, but she like, but the thing is, like, so there's some Cardi B tracks where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. kind of like she's kind of raw, you know, and I and I like some of what she does. But if it's so bad to where you have to lip sync your live rap, right, we're in trouble. Right, you know, it's a bad, it's a bad take. So. But still, though, the process that, she, that you know, the amount of money that's been spent to put her to where she is, like, mm-hmm. she didn't just all of a sudden just randomly put something out and just yeah. get discovered. That, that's a few and far between thing. And I just really think now that lack of filter that you have to go through and you just flood it, that's where the negative side of the technology comes into play. Mm-hmm. You get a band that's seasoned, that's been working, they're honing their craft, not everybody's got two grand a day to go drop in a studio, yeah. you know, and they have the technology and the ability to do that and have a real nice pro system at home to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. They've put the work in, though. That's where I think my my aggravation comes in with yeah. when a band that's talented, got the work, got the capability, got all the parts using it's great. But then you get some Joe Blow off the street that decides, oh, hey, I'm going to put a record out. And it's like you're just flooding it, mm. you're just flooding it with mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's there's plenty of uh, not up to par projects. Dan, you coming from terrestrial radio, and actually, you know, when you started in radio, it was probably what the early two thousands, something like that. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Um, I'll never forget. I'll never forget pulling up the very first day I was ever going to be on the air, and uh, Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow's picture was playing. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, here we go. <laughs> is, that, is that the one? Come back home. Yeah, yeah, that it's one. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. I think today. But uh, that was the current hit at the time, so I'd have to look that up and see what year that was. But it's been quite a few years. Um, but, you know, I understand what he's saying, and I don't disagree with it because, you know, talent doesn't always win. Yeah. So, you you know, and that's kind of a thing that we, as a musician, which I am as well, you have to kind of swallow, and it's tough sometimes to go. Right. It's not always just talent. There's so many different elements that go into it. But I could go back even further where this has been happening even before the technology, um, just even with rock bands, you know, just, you know, in the 80s, you know, there were bands that were way better than other bands that weren't getting the push because they had uh, a better glam image or oh, yeah. a better reputation. And I'll use a band that no, nobody Striper? knows. Much. Striper? <laughs> hey, Striper, was, as, as cheesy as they were, they were really talented, you know. But King's X is another one. I don't know if anybody knows King's X. Yeah. One of the best power trios of all time. Yeah. And uh, even as I was reading a documentary lately, and Jeff Jeff uh, Ament from Pearl Jam grabbed them and took them on like one of their first mega tours, right? Uh, because he was such a huge fan. He's like nobody hardly knows about Kings X. I'm gonna grab them and throw them an opening for you know. So it's pretty cool. Um, but that's an example of that band. All the bands love that band, right? But right. nobody knew about that band. They never made it, even though they were technically better than everybody and uh, cooler and wrote better songs. It was just. Uh, you know, so even back then, you had bands that 
that were not so good that were just getting all over MTV. Uh, and I think that's kind of a had the right look and yeah you know, was on the right label or that had the most money to push for their this uncle ran the label yeah uh, you know there's always that when you dig in you'll find these people like I wonder how they got there how did closing time become such a big hit you know <laughs> and that was like do you, you know, know that yeah it was like people paid a lot of money as pay you know there's payola there's a legal elements to some of this mm-hmm. stuff where people will pay people to play their songs how do you think and creed got so that, that old 500 dollars handshake <laughs> yeah. yeah or a lot more yeah depending on spins and you know being in rito even in a small market like this there were elements of that where people would try and you're like I, you know i could never do anything like that just because i yeah you want this jeep <laughs> <laughs> it was trust me it was never I'm good it was never this good it was like you want a sandwich it was never it was never anything like that but even then i'm like yeah i'll buy my own yeah. i'll buy my own sandwich. i could use a reuben <laughs> you know but but in the in the big markets in like in new york city for instance or chicago it is a jeep you know play closing time make it a hit everybody gets a jeep you know and that was back then it's not anything like that anymore because of technology. Right. Because terrestrial radio, and my friends that might hear this that are on terrestrial radio might not want to hear it, but it's not as powerful now because it's diluted. There's so many options to uh, to listen to things. Right. And everybody wants instant uh, gratification, if you will. So yeah, they don't want to wait, you know, and hope and pray in three songs that this one they want to hear is going to be played. Yeah, and you're right. Their phone, boom. You might remember on. sitting around with your your cassette. There's cassettes. You guys oh, yeah. remember those? Yeah. And you had to record, and I wait for the song, and I'd hit you know hit the button and record it, and then I could listen to it on my own, but or buy it. But would you DJ happen. your own sets? Oh man, would you record the songs and then DJ your own sets? When I was giving them out to other people, yeah, yeah. my mixtapes. Did had, you make some <laughs> badass mixtapes? Oh man, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I was all over. I'm still all over the place, but back then you'd hear some crazy mixes. <laughs> I remember waiting for MC Hammer. Boom. Hey, <laughs> I didn't hate MC Hammer, man. I love that. Yeah. Was it too, too legit to quit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just did the hand motions, guys. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why you did that. Uh, you know, just kind of when it just started. Hey. You took it to a new level. <laughs> Full retard. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Talking, you know, talking about radio in general, um, how is how is that even still sustained? Because there's still, the, if you look at all your Grammy winners, they're still catching terrestrial radio play like crazy. They're still on big labels, right? And they still control all of that. So the big money that's involved in all of that is still, you know, still has a say. Were there any independent artists that won Grammys this year? I mean, there are probably some deeper categories that you don't see. Yeah, or, the non-televised you know. stuff, probably. Um, but and, and, you know, yeah. I know of a couple people that won Grammys, that, and one of them lives here. So, I mean, it does happen. Um, there's just so much you don't see. But the, the oh, that's right, like like uh, like Chubby Carrier winning those kind uh, of people, best best side of <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2004 right. Grammy. <laughs> yeah, there's like deep, there's like deep stuff. But uh, you know, it's really weird because you have a, so many big uh, companies that own radio stations, so. If you have, you know, 250 radio stations in America and I decide to put your single in rotation on every one of those top 40 stations, you're going to get a lot of spins. Right. So they cater to those things. Where does, that, where does the money for radio promoters go then? From what side? When you pay a radio promoter, where does that, where does that money go? Just directly to them? Because yeah, well, I would assume that they're... Again, there's so many different deals. So if you have a radio promoter as a band and he gets it on, you know... Clear Channel, iHeartRadio, whatever they call themselves these days. Well, he's going to get a, he's going to get a percentage of that. You mm-hmm. know, if you spend all this, you know, that's they'll work that in. Every deal is different. 
I've, I've actually never really met a radio promoter. Like, there's a few out there, but I've never met one in this market. Like, they don't, they don't attack here because this market, <laughs> and it may have changed. I haven't been involved in it in a few years, but it doesn't report. So what that would mean is that it, they didn't really affect, you know, how those spins would, would how make. How the songs did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't really, I don't say that it sounds horrible. It didn't matter, but it didn't matter to the artists as much to spin in Fort Walton Beach Destin as it would in Atlanta. Because mm-hmm. they, and not just because the amount of people, but just because it would affect their spins across the country. Don't we have something like that in the government, like the the electoral college vote? It's kind of the same thing. You know, our vote doesn't matter as much as someone else's. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's every state. Yeah, every state's different. Like, uh, well, like two, like your vote represents a hundred and something like that. Like hundred and fifty make up a vote in California. It's like two people in right. you know, elsewhere, like in a Delaware or something. like so, that. So it's obviously the promotion is going to be spent somewhere like an LA or yeah. a New York because the, the big market. Because you if hear about. the theory is, if you get in and Chicago, L.A., New York, it's going to play in Fort Walton eventually. Right. But it's in, you know, from my, you know, experience, it's always been a few months behind. You know, it takes everything to kind of go through yeah. the, the big cities, the big markets, and then it makes its way to these smaller markets. But there's, there's been a lot of radio people here that I've worked with that, that fought for that and at some point had some reporting strength, but it's just, it's still minimal compared to the big, the big markets. That's who they hit and just spill over into, into the small markets. Well, one thing, I, again, with the technology thing, kind of going back to that. Crank that other way. See where it says back right there? Yeah. Just crank it the other way, if you would. This way? To where to where the AT logo's in your face. Other way. Other way. There you go. Yeah. Cool. There you go. I just play the drums. I don't set them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the, the technology thing. That's kind of one of the cool things for unsigned bands and young bands that are starting out. The ability to get it out. Versus having to go to a radio station as an unsigned guy. Hey, God, will you guys play my record? Not going to happen, more mm-hmm. than likely. Or they're going to play you on the local show that's at, you know, 7.15 while everybody's cooking dinner and got the TV and the news on. Mm. So, well, and, and that's, again, back to people don't really understand how it works. Like, you yeah. don't, you don't, you're not allowed to just yeah. play a yeah. song on the radio. Even well, if what you happened like to those it? days back in that you hear about the heyday days? Well, those were the same days that. as... as uh, Scouts that would go watch bands in clubs and yeah. sign them, you know, like, oh my God, I saw this guitar player, I'm signing him, we'll bring him on today. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen anymore. You know, people aren't yeah. out scouting for. There used to be a race, like if a DJ who could break the, the next big hit first. Yeah. And it would yeah. sometimes, if the DJ broke that artist, that would make the DJ famous because yeah. they're like, oh, that's the guy that broke Led Zeppelin or whoever it was. Yeah, know? I was in a band that had a manager that, quote unquote, he was the one that broke in Birmingham the, uh, what was the big Matchbox 20 song that came out, Push? Mm hmm. Is that it? Three and three. Something know, like that. Yeah, he was the guy for there. So all of a sudden, now he decided he was going to be a manager. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what the hell he was doing. All of a sudden, kind of jumping off from one end of it. Now I know how the music industry works. I I don't think most no. managers know much. You know, like when I first became a manager, I yeah. didn't know shit. Um, yeah. I still I still know very little compared to you know what a lot of a lot of guys do. But that's a I wouldn't put you in that same uh, category. You know a, a lot. You know a lot more than thing. what I think you give yourself credit for on that. Though. Well, and you might not have day one, but you were willing to Google and watch videos and research and right. read yeah. things. And yeah, you know that's unlike a lot of people that are just their friend that just yeah. kind of hangs out with the band and <laughs> yeah, I know a few tries those. to get on the band tab. <laughs> 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 but so I'm going to kind of bring this a little home. Band like Imogene, mm. how do they get broke into? terrestrial radio how does that happen for them what they've got a manager yourself obviously in booking yeah yeah no longer 
No longer their manager. Okay. I yeah. I'm still I'm still handling a lot of their booking, booking. stuff. Okay. But, but as far as like managing the day to day and everything. But a like band that. that's kind of you know, obviously we all seen of what they've done here recently, you know, mm-hmm. with the sellout shows and stuff. So they've got to obviously got to pull around this area. How do they take that next step to get a song onto radio without having people backing them and putting them behind? It's it's just not that easy, as General yeah. will tell you, because him and I had many conversations about them in particular while he was working with them. And it's just, it's not that simple. There's no right. easy solution. Because a lot of times it does come down to who you know and, uh, you know, and again, getting played in Fort Walton Beach, Destin. Will only do so much. You know what that does? It gets you more action in Fort Walton Beach and Destin. Right. And they and they they did that. They did that well. And that's why they're in a big market now, trying to uh, branch out and do some other things. So they're having to start over and then find the right people to get behind them all yeah. over again. So if they're able to duplicate the success they had in this market in Nashville, then that spills over into into more. It's more moving action. pretty quick for them. Really? Yeah. Um. I've I've got them all over the place right now, just into new markets that I've not been able to put them in. Uh, like they don't, they're playing Nashville only about once a month, but that's kind of strategic. Uh, but you're talking Indianapolis, St. Louis, Lexington, Louisville, all those markets, right, Cincinnati, right. Um, all those different markets. Because within Nashville, there's where we are right now, there's three markets within four and a half, five hours of you that are even worth mentioning. New yeah. Orleans, what, Jacksonville, and Birmingham. Atlanta. If you want to go six hours, Atlanta. Yeah. So maybe four tops. Whereas if you're in Nashville, there's like 20. Uh, a decent, and I mean, that's not even counting college towns like a Bowling Green or something right. like that to right. where you can go and, and play those areas. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like when you look at a map, so that's pretty cool. They're, they're, be, they're, they're playing in a bunch of new markets, and um, they actually found I don't know if he's officially their manager yet, but I had a, a lengthy conversation with him um, on Sunday. Cool, and I, and I think he's going to be able to do a good, a good How job. How are they for getting him. into other markets, though? I guess is my me busting my ass. Right, with like no following in an area, mm-hmm. so they're just the venues are taking gambles. Yeah, well, the, we we worked out. Um, there's there's a huge name venue that has venues in several markets. Gotcha. That loves them, so they played the first time at this at this spot, mm-hmm. and he called me the next day and said, "These are the eight cities that I that I book. Take your pick." And so I was just like, okay. So I was able to kind of route that as well. And he throws them a decent little guarantee as well. So they're able to pay some bills and stuff too. Nice. Nice. So it's, but they, it's not ideal. It's still a half original, half cover type gig. Right. But, um, but you know, you play, you do those three or four times. And then you can start looking into the original venues in those markets. Once the same people start come seeing you every time you play. And you say, okay, well, let's play this original gig. Try to sell some. And some that's where tickets. it gets challenging because, uh, you know, someone that's played covers forever, it's. You know, someone will pay you four or five times as much to play covers as they will to play your originals. Oh, yeah, if yeah. they'll pay you at all, some right. in some markets. So that's where it gets difficult because yeah. you gotta, you gotta, you know, they're doing it right where they can kind of scale the covers back. And, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just and our first time in, we also told them that the max we do is fifty fifty. Right. So they're still, even though this is a, a known place to see cover bands, they they since day one they've been there. They made their originals a priority, and that's the only way you could do it. Well, that's if they're. If, the goal is to get out there and, and get the dream. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to have to do originals. Yeah, you got to you got to eat that. You got to you got to swallow that and, and take the small right. gigs here yeah. and there to get the word out. Yeah, I mean, you know, the last time I booked a gig was like the MySpace days. Booked an entire tour on MySpace and the uh, what was the other website? The Indie on the Move. Indie on the Move. You can still utilize Indie on the Move. Yeah, like that's how I book tours. Mm-hmm. You know, you just send them your MySpace. They're seeing all these plays. Okay, cool, and then. You get there. I mean, I remember we would 
we were playing college towns. We hit Atlanta for a market. Three people showed up. I had sent like CDs, merch, free merch, promo, all this stuff, like two weeks out. Got there, found it in a, uh, you know, open, half kind of gone through box. Like I couldn't even like put a flyer yeah, hang up. The posters. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's happened to me several times as well. I've, this is one yeah, of those I've done things, the very man. humbling, yeah. you know, seen it from all angles. I've been very lucky with that. You know, I've done the dirty punk rock tours to the, you know, million dollar Prevost bus tours. I've mm. done all of it. And, you know, you you learn to live on $5 a day, you're you're doing something. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've told the story to my daughter before. She still doesn't believe me about being in, some, I think, outside of Bozeman, Montana, broke as a joke. Hadn't showered in like four or five days and had to go into this truck stop and pay for hot water. And I had just enough money to rinse my face and kind of run my hands through my hair and still have enough hot water left for my cup of ramen that I was (laughs) having to survive on. So, hey, man, if they're willing to get out there and do it, then that's good on them. And then that goes to another thing, the lack of bands that do get out and go do it. Yeah, well, you don't really have to anymore. Yeah, the, but there's the, something to you've be gotta said. You got to create though. your online presence before you go tour. That's, yeah, that's a big. Kind it used of to kind of be a backwards thing. thing when when the whole being online became such a big deal. I mean, I remember you getting those GeoCity band websites back in the day. People having to get start with those, and uh, it's just I don't know. Somewhere along the way, I think the priority on the band and the live show, and putting your work in, putting putting the effort into it, and touring. That's kind of gone away, and bands are like, okay, well, I'll just put something on MySpace or whatever format, Spotify, and all that, and then they're they're famous. They haven't played one live show. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Well, it's, I think I think those are kind of few and far between, right? It's I a mean, lot more. It's typical. a lot more than what you you would be um, you'd you'd be surprised about. At least a lot of the bands that have recently become successful, like a, like a Revivalist or a Moon Taxi or something, right. all these bands that you're seeing. You know, number three, four on the on the festival list. Those guys have been doing it for a decade, for over a decade. Speaking of him, did you see his post where he uh, he told us, you know, David Shaw from uh-huh. Revivalist, did you see uh-huh. his post the other day where he ate his spaghetti dinner <laughs> off of his Grammy? Uh, yeah, his <laughs> oh, yeah, platinum, yeah, I saw that. His platinum, platinum record. record. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I told myself uh, if I ever got one of these, I need to eat my dinner off of it. Yeah. He's sitting there eating, <laughs> eating a spaghetti dinner off a platinum record? But but even That's using so those awesome. guys, those guys did it and worked their ass off for many, many years, and, and they were like, guaranteed in ramen because uh, – you know, David, when he used to play around these parts, yeah. he'd come and sit in with our band and sing Rage Against the Machine covers mm-hmm. all night. You know, right. just, just uh, we'd buy him a couple of Jägermeisters, you know, <laughs> he'd hang out. But, you know, now I, last time I talked to him, him, you know, acoustic gig for him was well out of my budget. <laughs> yeah. Five well, figures. But, yeah, but that's a yeah, band that's for, like put their time and their, their work in. Like, I don't see a whole lot of that from my angle from, you know, hey, you guys going to play shows? And they just get this blank stare like that's a foreign thing to them, like going and playing live and practicing. Like they're just so concentrated on getting something out there without Mm. putting any work into it. That's a real frustrating thing for me because I guess maybe now I'm going to sound like the get off my lawn guy. You know, I did that. Mm. I've done those, you know, you go out for three three weeks and you come home with 200 bucks and you're like happy like it's a success because you can pay your cell phone bill kind of thing. And just... I don't see that. Yeah, anymore. but I mean, but that being said, that you that you did do that for for so long, and that you would come back and only have a couple hundred dollars, maybe it is a better idea to utilize that differently than just go out like balls to the wall, 
Because, you know, like that, because that was appealing to me. Like I played in bands growing up and stuff. And the first right. thing I wanted to do was go tour. Right. That was the dream was to go tour. Um, but touring is very expensive. You know, even to be broke on tour, you need at least, what, $400 a day, maybe? Yeah. I, uh, I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours and they were talking and they've got the aspirations of the originals and, you know, becoming famous and the, the dream, whatever you want to call it to, you know, whatever it means to you. Mm. And, uh, first thing he said was, yeah, when we, when we signed the major deal and, you know, we won't be caravanning like this anymore because they were traveling in two cars to gigs. We're going to get the bus and da da da. And I was like, do you really think that's how it is? Like they're going to just all of a sudden going to have a bus. You're going to do this. Just such a distorted view of it and not actually seeing it. So that's, to me, that's the thing. Like there's such a distortion, like, okay, we put a record out, we get this, we get this, we get this, and not realizing the steps that go between. I know major label bands right now that are touring in a van, and when they're not on the road, they're working a nine-to-five. Oh, that's a lot oh, of yeah. bands. A lot of them. Yeah. It's, it's, people that you've heard on the radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, people that are on, like, arena tours right now yeah. as an opening act. They're going to be going out for a couple weeks and then coming home and going back to working at a warehouse. You know, and I've had this conversation with my wife. She's like, you, you know, why don't you go join one of these bands and play these big festivals? I'm like, it'd be fun. Yeah. But I have four kids, and yeah. those guys don't make yeah. the money that I do in in my day to day working. Right. It, right. You know, because they're out there slinging it and you know leaving with you know fifty bucks a day, seventy five, or maybe they'll do a huge festival, and make a, a good chunk, but then they're back back home and yeah. not making it. You so. know, you know how many bands I've worked with that have come to me like very early on in our working relationship and be like. Man, how are you going to get us on these festivals? I'm like, what festival? Right. You who are know, you? like, who are you? Are we talking bow jams or are we talking hangout? Yeah. Right. Like, right. Okay. Bonnaroo. Well, Bonnaroo. well, yeah. Well, well, the thing is, Coachella. What I didn't realize until 2016, and this was just part of me learning things. Yeah. Uh, the Imogene or Continuum at the time won a contest and won a main stage spot at Hangout. Right. So right. we got to play the ha- the main stage at Hangout Fest. What I didn't realize is that. Like those stages are owned by like BMG, yeah, and ASCAP. So there's like a BMG stage and an ASCAP stage, yep. and you they'll they'll hand select like no these app these ASCAP artists are making us the most money. We're writing them the biggest checks right now, so therefore we're putting them on the ASCAP stage. You know what I'm saying? And right. I had no idea. I thought these talent buyers, you know, of course I knew. If you look at it, all these bands are represented by either uh, Paradigm or William Morris, or, or yeah. something like that. There's yeah. three or four big booking agencies you'll see with each one of these artists. Yeah. Uh, because I when, I when I found out we were playing the main stage at Hangout Fest, I looked up every artist that was that was playing the main stages at Hangout Fest yeah. and invited their booking agent to come watch our show. Like, only like two, I only got two responses out of like 40, but I had to try something, yeah. you yeah. know? But then I, but so I saw that all these artists uh, were being represented by, number one, the same booking agencies, but also... They were all either BMI or ASCAP. There's a lot of lines, and they in the were chain based on that, those. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that those companies were controlling the stages at these festivals. Yeah, I had some like, friends of mine that got offered to play Download two years ago. Mm-hmm. They had to turn it down. Atlanta-based band, great band, and um, they had to turn it down because they were going to get paid like fifteen hundred bucks, but it was going to cost them over eleven thousand yeah. dollars just to get there and back. It was like we we can't physically afford to mm-hmm. you know how horrible is that we got to turn like such a legendary thing down 
because we well, can't. Yeah. yeah, label wasn't going to help them. Yeah, that, and I mean, also depending on kind of what the slot was, the time slot yeah. was, and what stage you're on. That's also one of those things. It's kind of like a stamp of approval in mm-hmm. a rock band. You know, we played Download. Mm-hmm. Don't matter. We played it at you know ten fifty five to eleven twenty. Yeah, you know, yeah, on a Sunday. Um, last week, Tony uh, Tony from Heritage was on here, and they they did Warp Tour for a, for a year I've or done for, Warp for Tour. a season one time. Yeah. And it, it was kind of crazy the numbers that they were talking about, like what they would get paid to. You know, you think a band's playing Warp Tour. Yeah. When there's yeah. a whole element of fill that's on there, you know, they got to fill time slots. Mm-hmm. So there's just, you know, bands that want, that's, that's when you do get the exposure. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many bands I discovered at music festivals. Like, oh yeah. my God, that band was killer. I saw them at noon mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Right. Same with uh, Shane and I. Every year we go to 420, we always are like, who's going to be our one this year? We always stumble upon like one band that we've never heard of that, that blows our mind. Yeah, I know? used to go through the list, and then I'd like pull them up and listen to three or four tracks mm-hmm. and, then go, and then kind of map them out. And I just found some great, I, like 21 Pilots, I saw them on Hangout. They yeah. were real early. Nobody had heard of them at the time. And I was like, man, these, these are pretty good. Yeah, now they're the biggest band in the world. <laughs> Two years later, yeah. Have there. you heard their new uh, cover they put out? Well, it's new to me, Cancer. The, uh, they did the, the My Chemical Romance song. Oh, um, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, like they just put it out, like, one, again, my daughter. Mm-hmm. I look and I'm like, huh, 21 Pilots, because she knows I kind of give her a little bit of shit about them. And uh, I hit play, and I started hearing the song, and I was like, where did I, have I heard this before? And, of course, I, like, had to go find it. I was like, oh, showed it to her. She's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's I'm, been that, that long. That's that people already these... covering my chemical romance. Yeah, dude, think old. about that. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know, man, <laughs> man. I don't like anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like my chemical romance. It's actually funny because I've come around. I've been listening. You know, in the cover band, it's funny. All the scene of what's hot now is all that era. Yeah. Of oh yeah. Alt pop punk stuff. Really? It's, and so we've been going back and through and learning like all American rejects and all that stuff. Oh, and, wow. And they're singing every word like it's don't stop believing now. It's kind of crazy. But uh, that's one I was listening to and I'm like, man, this Black Parade is pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool, man. Oh, yeah, because those kids aren't at the Java Pit anymore. No. They're at the, <laughs> they, they they're all, at the, my kids are <laughs> fucking, I got a babysitter. I'm yeah, going yeah, to AJ's. Exactly. I'm going to AJ's. <laughs> and they're like, is that the killers? Oh, my God, I got to sing all. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy World's another one. Oh, man. Jimmy World. Yeah. Yeah. some Jimmy. All that stuff. We play yeah. that and. It's just funny that it does in that in that element comes a full circle and those things. It's that's the era right now that's hot and it, it's kind of exciting because right now in that cover band we can rock again. We were learning all the latest, you know, Pitbull and stuff, which was you know silly and fun and people were dancing. I'm happy, but to be able to play, we just picked up Nirvana again, some mm. of that stuff, and they're rocking. It's Is that weird. not weird that like that's considered like oldies now? Oh yeah, Nirvana's oldies. Yeah, yeah like, like my Chemical Romance is classic rock now. Yeah, like my previous <laughs> my previous <laughs> band when we put a record out, <laughs> Ava <laughs> let her friends listen to it, and because it had guitars, they thought it was country music. I did want to touch on that too. There is there's no I feel like there's zero prospects for rock and roll right now. Man, I, you if know, you bring up great offense. I'm not, I'm not. You just brought it up, bro. <laughs> well, I'm gonna add to that. I just listened to a podcast recently where I do like Jason Flom, though. They're saying uh-huh. that the latest trend in bands to be signed is going to be the quote unquote retro. You know, they're basically that's the other way of saying every band that sounds like Greta Van Fleet is mm-hmm. about to get signed. They're just trying to get uncles they're to download in. songs. That's yeah. all it is, <laughs> right? That dude's got to trying to bring them forward to technology. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, man. I like the struts. Okay. 
I like them a lot. Um, I've just heard one song by them. The Gone for Def- Good song. Yeah, it means yeah. I like I like them a lot. There's they've kind of got that fun element to rock and roll, mm-hmm. which I really like. But you know, I remember when it was like a dangerous uh, thing to listen to. You know, I mean, our parents we put on Appetite for Destruction, they flipped out. Now mm-hmm. you got soccer moms listening to Shine Down with their kids in the car. Yeah, like, there's there's nothing. There's no danger element to it. And I, again, it goes back to everybody says the guitar go- is disappearing because, you know, now keyboards. and uh, Keyboards have always been there. I mean, the 80s were the biggest element right. for keyboards. I'm talking like computers. Like, but the guitar, the, part of the problem with the guitar is people know how to play it. They just don't know how to play it well. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll say that because yeah. most people don't learn how to play the instrument like they used to. So that's part of it. It's like or they in GarageBand, garage I could put all the chords in yeah. and, and be like, oh, there's my G, there's my G, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we used to have to learn and listen and learn from guys like Eddie Van Halen and people right. that were like masterful at the instrument. Well, like, you know, I'm one of those that does session work still to this day. And it amazes me how I'll go in preparing to do a song and they just want me to play like four bars of this, play four bars of that. And they'll loop it. Give me a couple drum fills. Next thing I know, they've got a song. Yeah, yeah every time I've recorded a bass track, it's been, yeah, uh, play show it to me, I play it. Uh, I'll play it through four times, like yeah. straight all the way through. And even when I mess up, they just let it plow through, and then they just chop up. And if they like that lick from this take, they'll drop it in and right. come back to it, and it's it's done. Yeah, the lack of you know talent or the ability, willing to put the work in again, kind of going back to putting the work in, so you're not mediocre. That's it is going by the wayside, and you got. I also teach, and it's really frustrating for me because I kind of pride myself on being able to play. So if I'm going to post something. I'm going to make sure if it's my playing like it's Nat's ass, like tight. Like I, I'm saying I'm teaching, but yet putting sloppy stuff up. And you see that now. I'm seeing it inundated. You know, the Nashville hot drummer. Then you look and you see sponsored underneath his post. And, you know, these guys are sitting there and they're, they're getting a validation from these likes and these compliments without anything backing it. Like the substance is gone. Mm-hmm. And they can't get a gig in Nashville and playing. And, but they got 30,000 likes on that last view. So and that's what gets some drum sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe we're just doing it wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I still kind of like playing though. <laughs> I, I, I still enjoy playing and, and being the shit out of a drum every now and then. Do you still like playing? I, I do, and I, I wouldn't play. I mean, I, you know, I've been doing it for since I was sixteen. Yeah, playing in Destin, uh, doing mainly covers, and I, I remember I like not it. to interject like late 90s you and i having a text conversation on like nokia brick phones <laughs> talking about you and i wanting to try to like do something like you know that's how long i've known known dan and known of dan and then i was in and out so yeah still seeing you play is a pretty cool thing oh thanks man i appreciate you know, that it's, it's, making me blush <laughs> over here it is it's really a cool thing you know it's it's there's a lot of talent around here it's nobody's willing to want to they they would much rather I guess the money, if you will, go do an, an hour of acoustic stuff and make a couple hundred bucks, then stay at home and like work on this idea that they've got. They're scared to put that work into it. Well, our our area is an anomaly too. Yeah, because there's so many like bands don't get paid elsewhere no. what they get paid here to do what they do to do, yeah. especially covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there is no. There is no original scene here. There really isn't. You well, know, I mean, there's a little here and there. There's some out on 30A, a little bit in Fort Walton, but you know, there's it's it's not heavy as far as the uh, the originals go here. It's mostly yeah. covers, 
and especially in Destin area and even 30A and those because it's a lot of tourists and they come in and they want to know the music they're hearing. You think that from a venue standpoint, though, that's a lot of why you don't really hear any original acts around in this area? They just don't want to book them? As, I mean, I get, as someone that books a lot of music here, uh, I get original acts probably 10 to 15 a day. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. EPKs and different things like that. I, I mean, some of them are phenomenal. I had a guy just today, this morning I was listening to it. Actually, he left me a voicemail, and I, I checked out his stuff. He's from Nebraska. I had to pull up his name, but kind of a soul singer. I guess he was on The Voice. And, I mean, he was playing piano and just killing it. And I was like, I got nowhere to put that. Like, I don't know where to put it in within my – because he wanted to book a Monday and because he, he was coming through Routens or Orlando right. or something. And I'm like, there's nowhere for me to go for me to – to make because I'd yeah, have to what sell are your tickets. ticket sales? Yeah, the ticket sales would be too. I wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. sell those on a Monday. Yeah. So, but I was sad because it part of me goes, man, I wish I had a spot to put because he's phenomenal. He was really good, but nobody's gonna know who he yeah. is. So, bringing a guy and paying him a bunch of money that no one knows is just a huge gamble. And I've had that happen with some great New Orleans bands that I find, and I think, man, they're great. And you put them in, and then not enough people support unfamiliar original music in this town so it makes it difficult to, to sink a bunch of money into it when i can bring a killer cover band from i have bands that drive all the way from pittsburgh yeah to play down here on the beach um and they come in and they sing lincoln park songs and and, <laughs> and the crowd goes nuts and they have a good time and they go back to pittsburgh and play their original stuff right right yeah um, but also, I think what we have a problem with in our area are, are a few of the places that do pride themselves on bringing in original music. It tends to get very clicky. Yeah. To where there's no there's no bleed over there. There's no blending. Almost to the point, like, I've had people try to fight me. Like, yeah. I've, had, I've had people try to start, like, social media wars with me. And, and, like, over that, over, you know, some things like that. Yeah, and I, I you know... That's kind of always boggled me is the clickiness of what original music is here. Mm-hmm. How many, it's like you said, it's so divided. And I don't know, this place is an anomaly. I grew up here, but I've spent time away and I've toured all over the United States. And when I come back here and I see this and it's like, you know, where do bands play? Where, where do they play? There's nowhere. I mean, you've got Enlightened over there that kind of has a little thing that they do and and, and their neighbor, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of cool. Some of the stuff that uh, that Green Door is doing now that they got their uh, their ownership issues kind of under control. But you um, know, realizing what we just talked about—that you know, covers are going to rule in this particular portion of of the Panhandle. Yeah, you can go to Pensacola, yeah. and there's a lot of you can go open up for the bands that bound. They bring a lot of original stuff, so you can. You just got to travel a little bit, and that's not an unrealistic travel to Pensacola. That's pretty easy. But you got the pay to play. Well, I don't know about that part, you know, but it, I know for a fact, know for a fact, we were, we were hit up to, to open for a band that was coming through like, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, works into our routing. This was my previous band. And then they were like, okay, would you be willing to sell X amount of tickets? We're like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. The, and some bands actually bring that up. They'll go, Hey, uh, we'll sell, if you let us sell the tickets to the show, knowing there's a bigger headliner, Yeah. Um, you know, whoever that might be. Cause I, we ran in this a lot when I was working radio and we did a lot of shows at club LA, mm-hmm. which they're still doing. And John over there at club LA is if there's a good local band, he'll put you on a bill and, yeah. uh, and open up for, they do some pretty good sized bands at mm-hmm. club LA, you know? So 
getting in front of an Everclear or something like that's pretty cool yeah, slot. Yeah, yeah. And John is he's he's down with that. He'll help you out. Some it's been some good local rock, but it's mainly rock product right. over there. So yeah, if you're a pop act or something, there's not a lot for you. But he is getting more diverse. I see he's got Blues Traveler and a couple other things he's bringing in. So. I saw he's bringing the band Perry, that country. Yeah, band. so like, so that'll cool. open up more uh, opportunities for opening acts. Justin Destin. Yeah, um, because he wants local acts on there, and some of them do say, "Hey, we'll sell tickets." And if they get a cut that way, so it boosts their... Right. Because he's not going to pay you. So they're at least getting paid something, something with the yeah. ticket sales. Yeah. And he'll pay some of them. He'd pay, you know, he pays the money, but that just kind of bumps their pay. Mm-hmm. If they're Did able you to ever run into buy-ons for tours with Imogene? Did you ever No, we ever looked, we looked into a, We looked into a few, and I mean, it's really kind of one of those things. You, got, you have to really know what you're doing and what your goals are. Yeah, we got offered a tour, and it was a 32-date tour. And they wanted three grand up front just to let us go out and play with them. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to get paid a hundred bucks a night. Yeah. So we were going to hopefully, we'd have a hundred bucks and then live on merch. Again, what you were going back to saying, you know, being able to afford, like we, we were down to like budgeting gas from trip to trip. Like, okay, we need X amount of dollars before we even go out. And yeah, it's, it just, all that shit just blows me away that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I guess that's where the frustration for all that falls for me again with music and just being inspired almost i I understand where all your frustrations have come for so far but i I always try to see everything from every perspective and if if i have a band like an imogene who's who can sell four to seven hundred tickets here locally and a a band says i want to hop on tour with you i'd take money for it all day long and I see, you know, and I see. Now, if it's I our friends, I'm right. gonna be like, let's go out, let's just go out and do these dates or whatever. But if a band's just hitting me up, be like, can I open for you? Can I open for you? I'd be like, you can for a couple hundred bucks a night. You can come open for us, right? I'd take it because because uh, they've worked so hard to set themselves up in a position to do that. Do I think it's necessarily the the moral thing to do or the right thing to do? Probably not. Yeah, but but bottom lines are bottom lines man and and also if you know uh if you can sell 450 tickets at Seville at 10 to 20 bucks a pop and walk with 2k because after tickets have been printed after openers been paid after production's been paid after your lighting tech's been paid and all that stuff there's not much left yeah even when you're selling that number of tickets so i mean if you set yourself in a position to where you can sell that many tickets i, I feel like you almost need to like the proper management thing to do would be to get the most bang for your buck out of that situation. Sometimes that's not always ideal. It's not punk rock, right? You know. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, just and and I'm not I'm not trying to say what you're saying is right or wrong. I don't think that's even the conversation we're having. It's just looking at it from a different perspective, right? Okay. You know, if they can, because especially over at Vinyl, you know how often Chris gets hit up for opening slots for every band that comes through. Oh, God. A lot. Yeah. So he's probably going to take whatever whatever chance he has for that local band coming through to actually help him sell some tickets. And unfortunately, that's what he does sometimes. He'll be like, you can open up. Here's 20 tickets. Sell them for whatever you want. And But you got to bring me yeah. back X amount of dollars. Exactly. on Per ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the value yeah. if their social media presence is huge and I could put them on there and you look like you can get the word out for my main act, then they might bring them on. Or they might bring on two or three bands. Yeah. I've seen that happen, too. Especially if ticket sales aren't going so well. Yeah. You know, you know about a month out whether or not you need to really put put that in there. But uh but as far as original music for our for our venues locally, I think vinyl 
in the last year has done an amazing job. I think they've had an amazing last month and a half. Um, and also with LA to see a little bit of diversity in what they've started doing as well. I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of that too. I like going to shows there. No, it's a great you know? venue. It's, uh, I mean, it's, I believe last, last, and I know vinyl just re- remodeled and, but, but club LA was bigger. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it still is. I don't know for sure, but I believe so. But that's a great place to watch a show, and they're all good people over there, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I've worked with them so many different times over the years, and they're just, uh, they just love music. John that runs it loves music. That's yeah. why he does it. He doesn't do it to make a bunch of money because I don't think anyone makes a bunch of money off of concerts. They yeah. just do it and have, because they love it and hope to pay the bills by doing it. So, And that's really as a musician, as a music lover and, and all that, I, you know, that's all we can ask for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, there's still people doing live shows, and there's still people coming to live shows. Yeah, oh Foxy, oh Foxy Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> at LA, that was fun. Oh man, that was the, that was a jam. You shoved a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah, I was like, yeah, was like a dude who ate a pack of lit cigarettes. <laughs> 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 oh, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, and it happened right there at Club LA. Really? Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, it was a fun one. It was unexpected. I wasn't terribly familiar with them. Oh, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he actually blew up pretty big after that. Uh, Eric, the uh, Eric Nelly, the singer from Foxy Shazam, he's taking. He sang a track with Macklemore and big hit. Yeah. Um, so good. You think he'll him. get the band back together? I don't know, man. That was such a unique band. They kind of reminded me like of what, Foxy Shazam. Yeah, Foxy they got, Shazam. They got, they've got new music out. But he's kind of got. They kind of had that. What? K- really? They have new music out? I know they broke up for a while. What? Yeah. Hmm. It's good stuff. I will check it. I'll check it out as soon as we get out of here. What else are the kids oh. listening to? Not, the kids aren't. The kids listening aren't. To that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play their instruments yeah, and they, they play, play them well. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, they're way out there with it. Though. Those guys are way in left field with the with their style. Because oh man, but that's what I that's what I like. I like a crazy band like that. He um he did this one of my favorite performances. It was for Spin Magazine that he did. You've probably seen it. It's a pretty popular one. If you look him up on YouTube, and it's a, it's like kind of an acoustic, a rundown kind of thing. And you know he's got this character, and you you see him for about a second and a half break. Like, he's doing this, like, really strange thing, and he just he, he ends up cracking himself up, and you see his character just kind of break for a minute. You're like, okay. You're talking about Eric? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, you really aren't that weird, man. This is just a thing, you yeah, know? He's, this is a, he's borderline This is that a weird. character. So... Because like if you can, if you can catch him cracking himself up like he he gets it that it's a different kind of thing, you know. Oh my bad, it wasn't not to get your hopes up. It wasn't Foxy Shazam. It's was oh. Foxygen. 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 Oh. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a serious XMU band. <laughs> sounds like a channel. <laughs> yeah. <Foxygen. laughs> That's how they did it for sure. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. So, what's your state? Um, your take on rock bands and music in general? Oh, I don't think there's any. None. Nothing that's, yeah, that's coming I, up that's catching your eye. Anything? To be there, there are some. Yeah. You, you can't be serious, right? Like, there's there's yeah. so many good artists out right now, and just because it's not being played on your major radio or not anything like that, I mean, doesn't mean that there aren't artists out there doing phenomenal shit. Yeah, but you got to do the work, I guess, to filter through the bullshit to find them. Where yeah. I, don't think, I don't think so. It's just as easy as putting on whatever radio you're like. I find so many bands via even uh, like Spotify and mm-hmm. Pandora and Apple Music and just going through that. I mean, it's it's there. You're talking about even, yeah, we're giving them kind of shit, but XMU and, and even Lithium and all those bands on Sirius XM, that's a paid radio program, but it's... 
they do good shit. And there is some bullshit with there too, where you have certain uh, labels and they push this yeah. and they're hooked up with this and there's right. money flowing here and this and that. But to say that there's not good music coming out, well, is it, you can it find is, it, but it's not being featured. Like if you look look at any festival lineup, I I, see, I think that's bullshit too. Be, think about even commercial wise. There's so many good bands that just got like you know commercial plays. Think about like when even like when the Black Keys got picked up and was on every single fucking commercial. You yeah, but that was also there. twelve years ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. But I'm saying that's that's still happening now. Even you know every Apple commercial has got something. They're, like LCD sound systems featured on there. They're, like their new stuff, not old shit. I mean, there's still bands out there producing stuff, I, and getting paid for it. I think what they're talking about is there's not an arena rock type element, and like I'm, somebody that can pack a stadium. Like, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there will ever be a new rock band that comes out and just says, we're going to play it uh, in New York City and pack out Yankee Stadium. Like, it's not going to happen, like, like Guns N' Roses or uh, even U2 or... Or uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd yeah. can you do know? that. No. Like, I don't um, think there'll ever be a band like that, probably. But I think yeah. that era's over, and that's okay with Yeah, I mean, I think the last rock band that could do that is probably, like, a Radiohead or something. They still kind of do it. And, I mean, Radiohead, while I love them, they're not or like... Like, like 182, you know? Yeah, it's different. It's just different now. But yeah. there, and there's so, and your your point is you could find it a lot of different ways. But there's so many different ways to find it. Right. Sometimes it doesn't even get found. Yeah. If that makes sense, like you're like overwhelmed with information and new bands. I hear them all the time, and I'm like, man, I like that song. And if I don't shazam it or something right away, it's I gone. forget about yeah. it. I actually find myself screen taking a screenshot or a quick photo of my of my all radio, the time. I do, I like do that too, uh, all just because I'm like, I'll never remember this song, and I dug it. Um, it's just, man, there's so much music, and some of it's good, but I don't think uh, it's also crossing over. So your alternative sounds like top forty, top four. You know, right now they're all kind of bleeding together from my perspective. You know, see, I've always had a real, I've been told a, a weird view on pop music. Pop to me is like something that you, that's memorable, like a hook. Like you, you go away from it and you're singing or humming the melody to it. So to me, like Seven Dust, they're heavy as hell, but there's that big sing-along thing, anthems, I yeah. guess. Inner Sandman's the biggest, one of the biggest yeah. pop songs of all time. Exactly. Someone like Slayer, not so much melody going on there. So that kind of, that's kind of how I gauge. If, if I hear something and it's memorable, it's got a pop element to it whether it's a singer-songwriter or it's a Bruno Mars song, you know? So I see what you're saying with that, with the you're hearing it all kind of just coming into one place. I think the thing for me is, again, I'm going back to the mediocrity thing. There's nothing that has come out that I'm just like, holy shit, this is great. I've heard good, but there's not been a record that's come out that's just grabbed me. I guess that's the... That's the best way I could say it, you know? Like, when you grew up and you heard Nevermind for the first time, you're like, holy shit. Or you heard that Alice in Chains song, like, you know, the grunge era. Those bands that come out like that, they, like, caught you. There's not a band that's out right now that's coming up, that's new, that I'm like... There's about one a year that I find that I'm like, I want to go see them. Well, you know... Plus, you're talking about an album. Like, Nirvana, Nevermind, that album is, like, one of the greatest albums from start to finish ever. Right. Um, much like Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> yeah, your expectations yeah. are too fucking high, dude. <laughs> like, you can't go, like, man, yeah, this I mean, is not going to be an Abbey Road, like, ever again. Like, that you're al- fucking right. That right, al- right. well, yeah, but I you think it's just... But the idea <laughs> of it. No, but, uh, but part of the problem is Nirvana from start to finish, Nevermind, 
is a masterpiece, but it's an album. They wrote that as an album. They put their songs together and made an album. Nobody People don't write that. albums. They write singles. They write songs because mm. that's how it's set up now. People want to download a single. Oh, we were approached about that. We we had a we had an EP that we dropped. The management pulled the previous record that we had self-released off of everywhere. Still not out there. And uh, we had another record written. And they were like, why are you guys going to put a whole full length out? Why are you going to put an EP out? Why don't you just do like record a song and drop it like every two or three months you drop a new song and then you just that's, that's how you that's do the it. model now yeah because the rest is filler people don't I mean, yeah. the majority of people don't buy the whole album they buy the track or two they'll go on apple music and there's a star next to the songs yeah, that the, matter that's the single uh, right. yeah the one two or three those are ones that anybody care they download and they track them and they listen to those songs and the other ones are filler so if those albums pre-existed and people still do write the whole album uh and some of them are good. Young to Giant. That's when we talk about it. They're, they're I think there. I think that's where it is, though. Is like there's been a lack of, from the artist standpoint, a concern with making a great record. I know we talk about that. You know, record really old. I still call stuff when I download it. It's a great record. Mm. But there's like a lack of that from an artist standpoint to do that. Okay, let's put out. Let's write two or three great bangers, and just put you know seven or eight bullshit scrub songs onto it and. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to put that out. But there's no, let's make a great yeah. record. I don't, I don't think people are doing that. I don't want those scrubs. <laughs> but it, it, I can always take everything to football. And it's like the modern day, the, me, the modern, the modern day of football, it used to be about defenses stopping people. Now it's all about offense, offense. Let's score 65 points, and they score 60, and that's all people care about. Yeah. They don't care about defense. And, and the, the uh, coaches from the 70s and 80s yeah. are like, this is bullshit. I want to. Defense to stop it, they can't because the way it's it's set up. The well, rules it, are set up differently because the consumers want to see sixty to sixty point games, not ten to three or three to six. So, as an average, as an as a uh, marketing side, as an entertainment element, they're like, let's figure out how we can tweak this to make the scores blow up so people will watch and be more excited. And that's what's happening in football. So the purists are really struggling with that, and that's kind of how music is. It's set up for the masses who, who just want to see high scores or they want to just see the single in the pop cheese sing-along. Oh, hey, we're back. Um, <laughs> I didn't know uh, we did commercial breaks. Man, you guys really have grown. You got in this fancy studios. We, I got told a, you th- we have to pause for sponsors. I told you that Tesla was his up front. <laughs> yeah. um, Shane, you, you've been really kind of the only advocate who says there's some really great stuff out there. And I've, I've found some great stuff lately. But, there but, is. Yeah. But, um, um, but also... What's the last like? What's the last band that you've discovered that you've become like a fan of? To where like to where you're driving to Atlanta to see them, and then three months later you're driving to New Orleans to see them, and you ordered their vinyl offline and have their T-shirt and all that kind of stuff. Like, when's the last band that you found? Because the last one I can think of, and just knowing for you as long as I have, is probably like a Black Keys or something like that. Like the last band that you were a super fan of. To where to where you knew there you were fucking ordering B sides and shit, you know. Uh, when's the last time that's happened? Like you say, there's a lot of great stuff in here, but I don't think I don't think it's creating the same kind of fans and 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 of that music. I mean, I guess uh, it, get a little closer to the mic it, if you don't it, mind. It's uh, definitely a smaller scale, you know. We're not talking about arenas or things like that. Uh, there's a duo out uh, um, called uh, Sweet Valley, and and they're rad. And they actually are just a couple of dudes, and they just they produce and stuff like that. But that music itself, and more so because it's nostalgic, 
and it's all you know if you grew up with a Nintendo you would like totally dig this music uh, but yeah I mean bought shirts and things like that uh, I, I would probably say what like probably Yesay was probably when me and you were, mm-hmm. you know we, we would we were traveling traveling mm-hmm. to go see that band buying shirts and, stuff yeah. like that. and that was probably about six years ago or something yeah. like that I'd say it's a mixture of probably the change in the industry but also us getting old too uh, well that's, that's what I was going to say because there's, there's a bunch of bands that are out uh, um, and artists like Dude, I've been talking to you. I was like, get on this Sharon Van Etten train, dude. Sharon Van Etten is dope, dude. She's putting out some great music. Uh, you're talking about concept albums. There's a there's a guy, there's this band out called Tori Moi. Tori Moi just put out this whole concept album, and it's all this, like, airy and kind of spacey, and, it, and it's phenomenal. Uh, there's 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 really good music out there. And, yeah, you might have to sift through the bullshit, and, but it's also so subjective, man. You know, right. I'm totally into this stuff, and, and you know, it... it I let you listen to it, and you're like, this is fucking garbage. I mean, I could probably drive to this, but that's probably about it, you know? But we're also not talking about... I don't think I, I ever said anything's garbage. I try very carefully not I'm to say that. You'd think Just in general. From um, the masses standpoint, let me ask you guys a question. Like, what is one band that has come out that everybody in this room could look at and say, yep, that's a that's great a record. Band? That's a great band. <laughs> like unanimously. I don't know. Uh, Future Islands, of course. I know. I know. Shane will probably disagree, but I, I think Young the Giants doing some pretty cool stuff. Okay. They they can play their instruments. They write their own shit. They put on a fun. They show. sound good. They, yeah, the live show is good. Yeah. They can play it live, and they have pop hooks to it all. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're yeah. really yeah. talented. There and there's some out there, but I get what you're saying. And but you're looking from your personal perspective, saying there's personal. some killer music, which I agree. I have a whole list of stuff you guys probably haven't heard. You yeah. probably wouldn't even like. Um, but there isn't anything that he's talking about where it's mass appeal, but still cool. Like Nirvana, they appealed to everybody, but it, but they were still. It's cool. almost like that became like a like an uncool thing to be popular. You know, like like what you're saying, like. There's no bands that everybody in the room can all agree on that have come out that are so big because it's almost like you're almost ashamed to say that you like that band. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the whole I mean, punk rock that's, mentality. That's, that's, ever, yeah. that's always been it's, it. was weird yeah. when my mom knew who the you know Red Hot Chili Peppers were. I was like, yeah. oh, this is really taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Used to, bur- used to burn my records. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now you're singing along to Under the Bridge. I can't take this. Right, right. <laughs> Right, the Talking Head kids were not the same kids going to see fucking you know Motley Crue. Right? Oh no no no, so, they were the leftover punk rock kids. That's so what I'm just saying. So it was like you know, and those guys were like those fucking dudes are losers. Like you know, it's just a thing. And, and vice versa, thing. that and the guys always, that listened to Warrant and the Crew dude, were like and it was, Talking Heads. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. I mean, that's always been a thing. Yeah, it's, and I think music in general has always been a thing. It's always been this produced product. You know, even the Beatles. You know, when they started out, that they were cut. That's how they were supposed to look. I mean, that's the whole reason the fucking monkeys were even existed. Like, are, you t- are you talking trash about the Beatles? No, I'm, no, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I got some it song lyrics tattooed there from them. It was. It's always been a product, I, you know, and it's just evolved of how to market that product to people. And I don't think it's the monkeys weren't real. That was a real thing. <laughs> I got today. <laughs> no, but you're right. There, there was uh, spinoffs, and there was. The monkeys were built to be an entertainment yeah. thing. Let's put them on TV. Let's make them all cute, and let's well, go with that. And the Partridge Family and all that stuff that kind of rolled all the way today. What we're on, which it's kind of 
it's morphed into the voice and the masked singer and all this Gosh. stuff, which but is still your, still is. but people are still seeing that and that, and then the stars come from those shows now a lot of times, yeah. even though they're not an artist, American they're, they're Idol. a singer. No, no, yeah. And that's part of it. Most of those singers might be able to strum, you know, four or five chords and then they have gigs and then that's what they do. Hopefully they, they go from there and hire good musicians to back them up. It's the only thing as a musician you can hope for. But that's how they're getting, and they're they're making it happen. And some people are having huge careers. Like Carrie Underwood, I believe, was on one of those shows. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson's Confession. one of the biggest I, pop stars. I, I, list. Watch, I, I auditioned for show. Kelly Clarkson. Which band. one? The Mass Singer. But I heard T Pain was on there. Well, T Pain won it. And I heard T Pain. Oh, he won. Killed it. Yeah, T Pain won. It. Was he? <laughs> was doing no, all that? No, no that he has an incredible voice. That's, that's, I, yeah, I actually knew he did. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all the point too. So he's known for this auto tune, this whole bullshit. But he could sing. And he fucking kills. Yeah. Look at look at what Anthony does with Imogene. Yeah. He'll throw shit uh, on like 30% you know, of his vocals and he's unbelievable. Like, it makes shit, no sense. You know, uh, Post Malone and all that and it's this whole rock, you know, rap stuff and I want to be a rock star. And a, dude can fucking play guitar. Crazy talented. Oh, he insane. plays. Yeah, no, he is. So just to like knock these people to say I just came artists. around to the Post Malone thing so I'm yeah. kind of new to him. I was pre-Malone. <laughs> but I was say, Carl Malone. You can't just, <laughs> you can't just Carl Malone. people and say they're not artists and they're not singers when you know dude, some of these like fucking T Pain. I had no idea T Pain. Yeah, yeah, but he writes his, but he wrote the music, the lyrics, and things like that. Like that's that's, what, I, that's always been my issue with the singing contest is how many people out there have great voices? A lot, but how many have great voices that can also write? A great yeah, song. It's just different things. It is different, especially yeah. in country, because it's you oh, know yeah. a bunch of good writers that sit around, but they're not good performers. Yep. But they can write songs for girls like Carrie Underwood that can wail and look good on stage. And then oh, exactly. they Malloy both from, uh, from remember the band The Nixons. The Nixons, yeah, sister. Yeah, he's made a career in Nashville writing hits. He's got his Grammys and everything else was from writing songs, not as a The Nixons, but writing for art other country artists. So, I don't know. It's just, it's a thing for me, just, like, again, going back and just seeing, like, there's this instant gratification from a consumer. Yeah, obviously. But there's also, from the band side, there's an instant gratification. Again, going back to not wanting to put any kind of work into what you're doing and what you're wanting to put out. It's just, it's so frustrating, you know. I, I get hit up all the time for session work from people, and... Fortunately, with what I do, I've gotten to a point where I can kind of yay or nay what I'm going to do. I just don't have to just take it just to take it. And some of the crap that gets sent to me, don't that makes... just up the price, man. No, even <laughs> then, it's, it's I, I can't. This is just that... It's not like, I'll take 20%. It's awful. <laughs> it's just absolutely awful. But... Yeah. See, that's where you and I are different. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> What's it pay? All right. I'll be yeah, there at 930. But, dude, you should see some of the emails I get on a daily basis. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Like, I don't, I, I'm pretty, I'm nice about it, though. Like, I try to respond to almost everyone that I can. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't, like, I don't shoot, I don't, like, shoot Collins an email and be like, look at these guys. I get some really crazy stuff. And they're, like, themed, you know, we're themed based on, early Civil War era, like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, you've thought this way too far, your, your little nat, your little shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you get some, I get some nuts stuff, man. It's crazy. One of the, man, one of the weirdest things that happened to me, right, because I didn't listen to, uh, to radio for years until I was trying to get bands on the radio. And I, I went to go talk to Matt, and he was, 
he was on alternative radio, right? It was 1031, right? Yep. And I told him, I was like, what is, what's alternative now? Who's your biggest alternative artist right now? And he said, the Lumineers. Yeah. I said, I the Lumineers are alternative. That was, was like, yeah. yeah. That was my example of where they bleed in a top 40 because mm. Lumineers could be played on a top 40 station, yeah. could play it on a AAA station or adult. Yeah, maybe even country a little bit. Maybe. Could. They, yeah. If, you know, Blue it's a grass. stretch if it's, you know. But um, so that's where I say it all just kind of blends together with a lot of those big Yeah, bands. like the Avid Brothers. I'm at Avid yeah. Brothers, Imagine Dragons, even. Mm. Like they're played on top 40, they're played on alternative, they're played on AAA. And good on them, man. It's not my thing, but they're. They're making money. Yeah, if you can have a cross, uh, a cro- <laughs> what do they call it, a cross-platform hit? Yeah. You know, but even multi-platform. But even uh, revivalists are cross-platform. Yeah. I mean, that song hit top 40, hit alternative. I mean, uh, can't complain about mm-hmm. it. I mean, it, <laughs> I don't think they went into it right now going, hey, man, we're going to reach this kind of audience with it. But, you know, ended up being that, yeah. you know, cross-platform. And everybody liked it. I remember doing a session. This was years ago. band that was signed to Atlantic Records. The A and R guy was on speakerphone, and they had the phone on the mixing console, and he was listening like something we'd done via take, and he'd listen back, and he was instructing the band while they're writing the song and creating the song. No, you need to change this. You know, I remember it was back when the uh, Kings of Leon record. The what was the that Sex on Fire and oh, I, don't, I forget you, what that album was called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that record was real. That was everywhere, and he was literally. Try this, do this. This is what's really popular right now. It's like that's you're blatantly ripping the Kings of Leon just to try to get something now onto the radio that's going to be a hit. Yeah, that band, Amer- I think their name was American Bang. They had that Wild and Young song that we always make fun of. At least Travis Riggs and I always make fun of it. It's that song. It's like we are wild and young. <laughs> you know what song? I'm, have you heard that song? I'll play it for you when we get out of here, and you're like, whoa! It's like it's as close to a ripoff as we can be, but. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're, we've gone a little over time, so just want to thank you guys for coming in. Are there any? Is there anything else you guys want to want to discuss or anything like that? Buy instruments, learn to write, and don't learn how to just be a space bar jockey. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair statement. Collins, what do you got? I mean, I'm down with that, but uh, I don't know that it's it's realistic because. <laughs> People are lazy right now, man. And so that takes work. <laughs> you know? It's the reason I have a job. <laughs> when when I sure. can play the bass line on my computer, it automatically plays it. I'm like, why should I get my gear out, plug it in, and tune up? I'll just play it on my garage band. <laughs> Do it. No, it's sad, but that's that's kind of how it is right now. It'll come back around. Shane? I like original content, man. I don't care how it's fucking made. Cool. You have stuck to your guns on that too, bud. I'm going to give you props for that. Well, cool. I appreciate you guys swinging by for sure. Uh, Whatever it means to you, episode 60. Um, Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. My heart was always telling me how I felt. I was always telling me to put on my seatbelt The stop sign is always telling me to stop And half a mile later I get the same thing from that cop
The world is always telling me what to do Don't hold your breath until your face turns blue Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do crack cocaine Don't jump without a parachute out of a plane Don't drink your craft beers through your plastic straws Don't support gun rights or gun control laws Don't go to a funeral pretending you're dead Don't name your kid Richard if your last name's Head Don't go up in the dirigible or down with the ship Don't request wagon wheel if you're not gonna tip There's a whole lot of don'ts but there's one big dude Listen to this podcast, whatever it means to you